Blog Talk Radio. Live from Southern California and broadcasting worldwide on Wealth Radio. A tax lawyer prescribing a dose of truth for entrepreneurs. A voice of common sense for the small business owner. And don't get him started on saving taxes. This is the Mark Kohler Show. Mark Kohler Show. Kohler Show. Well, welcome everybody to today's show. My name is Mark Kohler. Excited to be here with you on a beautiful January midday. I guess I should say it's not uh, morning mostly where everybody's listening. It's 11 a.m. here live Pacific Coast time. I'm your host, Mark Kohler, entrepreneur, small business owner, CPA attorney, family man, and scoutmaster. Uh, <laughs> So, I uh, for those that have seen Moonlight Kingdom, uh, Moonrise Kingdom, sorry, uh, which is a classic uh, film. If you haven't seen that yet, it's uh, about a scoutmaster that he and he jokes about being all these things, but really, I'm just a scoutmaster. So anyway, excited to be here with you this weekend. Oh, and I should say, if you checked some of my Facebook posts out over the weekend or saw some of those, we uh, went out to the desert, start started some major fire. I was going to say fires, but it was really just one big fire. With It's our annual Christmas tree burning, kind of our burning man as a scout troop. And uh, I I don't run around in in my underwear, but uh, we do. That would be very bad as a scout master, as you can imagine. But uh, anyway, <laughs> burning man, for those that know burning man, kind of a, a very uh, lasciduous uh, event out in the desert. But our, this is our form of burning man. We go burn Christmas trees and then shoot guns, and it's a lot of fun. So that's what I did this weekend as a scoutmaster and just excited to be here with you. Radio show is my favorite uh, day of the week and a chance to uh, talk with you and hopefully share some insights. We've got a great show planned today. We've got Lisa Owens in the studio as usual. Uh, give a little shout out to her, Lisa. I just want to make sure or do a little audio check. How are things sounding? Are uh, we doing okay back there in the studio? Lisa, yes, you there? Things sound, yep, things sound great on my end. Okay, well, good, good. Yep. Well, and Burning I'm Man is a fun e- place to be. <laughs> have say. you been to Burning Man? <laughs> I went once, yes. <laughs> wow, you are a partier, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I try to keep my scouts away from Burning Man, but I hear it's really exciting. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it is crazy. So we had our own form of it, so it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Well, Lisa, thank you for all you do. She's in the studio. And, folks, if you have a question during our show, you can dial in, press the number one, and uh, explain yourself, and she'll bring you out on the show. We're going to have our special guest bottom of the hour. We've got some guests here. They're going to talk about New Year's resolutions for your business. I've got some thoughts, some strategies, some ideas. We've got some wonderful, um, I should say, business experts that are going to join us and share some thoughts. Uh, this is the time of year where Maybe you're 
workout regimen is starting to wane, so we're going to turn and focus on our business. Even if we can't lose some weight here, we're going to at least work on making our business a little more healthy and fit. So uh, uh, that's our topic today, and we'll be jumping into it shortly. Um, Big newsletter today. Let me just – a couple announcements, folks. Oh, my gosh, I was up all night working on a very, very uh, elaborate – newsletter. There is so much to talk about. This is tax season, so lots of little deadlines. We're dealing with 1099s this month and W-2s and deposits for fourth quarter uh, 2014. So uh, folks, look, you know, this week is January 15th. This is the beginning of these just tax deadlines that seem to uh, hit us every month with something. So I want to encourage you to take a look at the newsletter. We've got some great articles uh, Matt Sorensen uh, wrote about the IRA rollover rules. He may be joining us shortly to talk about that as well. I know he's going to be one of our tipsters today. And I wrote an article about these ABLE accounts, which really is something I've learned a, a lot more about, more than I thought I would, in the last month. These were part of the, the new TIPA law, the uh, Tax Increase Prevention Act that was passed in December and signed by Obama on December 19th. So... Uh, that uh, in that new legislation, there was lots of tax extender provisions. And, you know, you know, many of us have been talking about the 179 deduction and buying equipment before you're in. Buried in that legislation was what was called the ABLE account. It's like an IRA for the disabled. I know, a whole new mechanism out there. And we don't know exactly how it's going to be administered yet. We're still waiting for the Department of Treasury to give us some regulations. Uh, you can put up to $14,000 in these accounts, and they're for those family members that are disabled that can grow money tax-free and tax-deferred and pull it out tax-free for disabled related, disability-related expenses. So if you have someone in your family that's disabled, especially a younger family member under age 26, um, and heaven forbid you, or, you, know, you have someone in your family that's struggling with that, please read that article. I think it will uh, open your eyes as to some options that are out there. Um, also in the newsletter, some little videos, clips on how to write off dining. We're talking about QuickBooks. This month, in the month of January, QuickBooks or Intuit sells 70% of all their sales of QuickBooks are in the month of January. Unbelievable. So, of course, this is my January Get Organized QuickBooks month. And last year, as you know, I spent hours upon hours building a QuickBooks training online course. Um, it's half off just in the month of January. And so for a couple hundred bucks, you can get into QuickBooks and start learning about it. It's a, uh, just a wonderful little video series. I'm actually making my teenage daughters, who are now 18, I can't believe it, watch the video series. So they're complaining about it. But they, you know, they're giving me some feedback. Dad, it's pretty cool. And they're learning QuickBooks. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, folks, if you haven't got your books dialed in for 2014 and you're thinking, this is one of my New Year's resolutions, and I'm sure we're going to talk about bookkeeping here uh, at the bottom of the hours, we done, jump into our main topic of New Year's resolutions for your business. QuickBooks is going to be a big part of it. So I just want to mention, check that out on the newsletter. There's discounts for getting the software. We don't make any money on it. But as a QuickBooks Pro Advisor, we can get you discounts on online QuickBooks and the desktop version. So check out those links. If you have any questions or concerns, email me or Justin Brault, our customer service director. He can um, get you the links and info you need. So uh, Look into that, and let's get your books started and get your training done so that even by February, you can have your January transactions in your books and off and running. 
So anyway, check out the newsletter. If you're not getting the newsletter, uh, please go to any of the family of websites. Uh, that's selfdirectedirahandbook.com, ke-cpas.com, kqslawyers.com, marketcorner.com, kind of our four or five websites. You can uh, sign up for our newsletter that comes out weekly on Tuesday mornings. Please just open it up and scan it. Maybe there's no deadlines or articles that affect you, but you never know. And I really, really work hard along with several contributors to the newsletter, especially Matt Sorensen, who's up late every Monday night writing an article as well. Um, lots of information in the newsletter so that you can um, better succeed, better live your American dream. And if there's articles you'd like us to write, videos you'd like us to shoot, topics you'd like to talk, have us talk about on the radio show, we are all ears. So please uh, check out the newsletter and send us your feedback. We'd love to hear it. Well, whew, without any further ado, I'm going to jump over to our first expert tipster of today's show. On our, he joins us on a regular basis. We have uh, Brian Brown from the home office in Cedar City, Utah. Brian, welcome to the show. How you doing, Mark? I'm good, good. Hey, did you catch that uh, football game last night, the national championship? I, I, I started catching it, and then I... I uh... I could see if things weren't going the way that I uh, particularly <laughs> wanted them to. Now, of course, yeah. now, right now you know who I was rooting for, but being a West Coast guy, yeah, you know. But, uh, you know, it. Uh, so I, I, I kept going back and forth, but I could see things weren't going to go my way. And, and uh, I had a few other things that I needed to get, needed to get done last night, and so I uh, I didn't see all of it. Yeah, it was ugly. For those Ohio State fans out there, congratulations. And uh, I'm a huge Urban Meyer fan because, of of course, he really launched his career with his success at the Fiesta Bowl uh, with the University of Utah. Um, but uh, that third-string quarterback of Ohio State, oh, my gosh. I mean, uh, definitely just wowed everybody. So, you know, hats off, I guess. Better than Alabama. Yeah, and again, you can listen to the commentators last night. They're saying that you know this quarterback. I mean, truly an amazing athlete. Uh, he he has a better arm than the first or second string quarterback. So why was third string in the first place? I don't know, but uh, I think I think uh, Oregon would have had a better chance against the first or second string quarterbacks if they wouldn't have got hurt. You know, so I don't know. You know, well, but you know, things are what they are. Yeah, yeah, it's just um, amazing. Well, this isn't a sports radio show. We'd get into it. Oh, yes, folks, yes, it may. is. <laughs> well, all I'm going to talk it. about are, are sports rules. That, that, that's, <laughs> that's, that's all I'm talking about are football rules. Yeah, there you go. Well, I, you know, folks, the reason why I bring this up, and uh, just so that you know the background, is Brian Brown is the color commentator for the Southern Utah football team, uh, SUU University. And uh, I actually thought of Brian last night. I was, I was listening to these commentators, just every little factoid they have. I'm sure they have a team of helpers behind them. But um, Brian does a great job with that. So it's kind of fun to think about you, Brian, broadcasting football games too. So, well, do you have a tax tip for us today? Well, I, 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 I kind of do. Uh, it, it's It's old. But, you know, we really need to talk about it. And it has to do with payroll for S-Corps. Again, I don't know how many times this has been brought up, but, again, we're right at the deadline. The 15th is Thursday. We need to make sure mm -hmm. our payroll's done, as you've mentioned in your newsletter. 
but a lot of times things we see along with the payroll is sometimes it doesn't get done for S-Corps. Sometimes it gets done. Sometimes, a lot of times, I guess I should say, it gets done without the health insurance premiums on that W-2. So what ends yeah. up happening is all of a sudden you've got a W-2, doesn't have, a, doesn't have your health insurance premiums on, on them, and the W-2 has to get amended. The payroll tax returns have to get amended. It costs extra money. Make sure you get everything done. If you have any questions, if you do, whoever you're doing payroll with, find out about it. If you're doing payroll yourself, Make sure it's included. If you know, just but double check on it. The other thing I want to mention is, and again, Mark, jump in anytime you want to. But well, let me as let, far let me as mention on. Well, let me mention something on the payroll. It was uh, just a side note, and this I'm sure it can help some of you that are listening right now. Uh, there was I got an email yesterday from a client back east that said, "Hey, Mark, um, I, what do I do? Do I need to do payroll by the 15th?" And uh, and he was kind of very nervous, and I said. Quickly, how much money did you make? He goes, I didn't make any profit last year, but I expect to do so this year, and I've already made some significant money in January. It's like, well, congratulations, but don't worry about your payroll in 2014 uh, if you didn't have profit. So for those of you out there that have an S corporation, if you didn't have profit in 2014, there's nothing to stress about. But once you start doing payroll reports or you do have net profit, and I should say also, if you say, well, Mark, I didn't have profit, but I took distributions or I paid for my health insurance. Well, guys, that's profit because you're pulling money out. And some people don't define it that way, so I should add that caveat. But uh, this is something to consider this week. It's got to be done literally by the end of the month, uh, if not a deposit by the 15th. I don't know, Brian, what do you think? Is that okay to yeah, throw that out there? That, that's, that's perfectly perfectly fine to say. And, and the other thing I was going to mention is normally we have a – a rule of thumb, a one-third, two-third payroll to distribution rule. Uh, and again, I'd even say a one-third, two-third payroll to profit rule. If you're going to you know, talk about your profits, your distributions, again, make sure we're, we're, we're sticking close to that one-third, two-thirds rule to make sure that we have enough payroll there. Uh, I had a client the other day who called and said, well, I was told I only had to have X amount of dollars of payroll. And I said, no, I think what I was saying was if, you start, if you've got your 401k set up, we can defer part of that, and your taxable part of your income is still only going to be you know, X amount of dollars. But when you add your 401k deferral into it, your Social Security wages are coming up to that one-third of profit or one-third of distribution. So that can be included in there, but we need to make sure we're getting close to that one-third, two-thirds uh, rule. Yeah, I know. Great point. And, and guys, as you can imagine, there's a lot of variables to this. So let me just mention, in my, on my YouTube channel, I've, sh I've shot several YouTube, uh, two-minute tips on little um, uh, tax uh, strategies when it comes to S-corporations. There are several articles. Uh, Matt Sorensen recently wrote an article on the S-Corp strategy as well. So, uh, folks, please know that there's plenty of resources on this. And then I'll just say this in summary. At our office, Deborah Stanton, Cynthia Morales, two of our most amazing employees that bend over backwards for clients, they are your advocates. They come into staff meeting um, upset if we're not, as a firm, taking care of their payroll clients. 
they will they will help you every time. So think of Deborah and Cynthia at the at the accounting firm if you need to make a phone call for payroll. And you may say, well, I'm going to save $10 and go down to Costco, or I'm going to go online, or I'm going to you set up my payroll at, inside QuickBooks and try to figure it out myself. It's so affordable to have an assistant help you with that three or four times a year so that you do it right. So uh, give Cynthia and Deb a call if you need them. Yeah, let, let me make one other comment, and I and I don't be, mean to be condescending to anybody at all. It's just with the complexity of the rules these days, if you have health insurance that you're paying through through your S-Corp, if you have a retirement plan, if you're doing your own payroll, don't. Uh, I just got through again <laughs> with the payroll this week where they had messed up their deductions on the retirement plan. They'd actually taken out too much. It, it, it's it. I just had to fix it. I mean, but if they would have sent it in wrong, they would have got nasty letters from the IRS, and things would have things could have gone horribly wrong. So, mm. you know, if you've just got payroll and you want to do it yourself, you don't have health insurance, you don't have the through your S corp, you don't have a retirement plan, you're just happy with an IRA, fine. But if once once you start making it more complex, get some professional help with your with your payroll. Yeah, yeah, great point. Well, Brian, excellent tip. Uh, payroll this time of year, uh, always a major consideration. So thank you, folks, uh, for listening in to one of our experts, Brian Brown of KDCPA's color commentator for the Southern Utah University T-Birds. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. <laughs> All right, well, folks. Um, if you need to get a hold of Brian, you can reach him by calling the office. And, of course, uh, it's brian at ke-cpas.com or email me and you can reach out to him. Well, we're going to jump over to one of our other experts today. Oh, and um, I, I want to do this before we bring Matt Sorensen out quickly. There was one of the questions from our open forum show that we did not get to last week. Uh, his name is David, and he asked Mark, I know when you buy a property intended as a rental that rehab costs prior to being available to rent must be capitalized. So let me repeat this, everybody. Put on your thinking caps for a minute. He says, I know when you buy a property intended as a rental that rehab costs prior to being available to rent must be capitalized. But must I also capitalize property taxes, HOA dues, insurance, appliances, and household items? What exactly is capitalized? Well, David, that is a huge question. I've committed to write an article on that within the next month. Uh, it's very challenging to, um, to to answer that in a in our radio show, and and also timing plays into it. When you're buying a property, the closing costs can oftentimes uh, will be required to be capitalized, and so, but once you purchase the property. Property taxes, HOA dues, insurance, those are all going to be immediately deductible and not capitalized. So once you buy it, and as you're preparing for rent, a lot of those expenses are not going to be capitalized. Uh, some that may be attributed to you in the purchase, so again, timing plays into it, may be capitalized. Um, appliances and household items, those would typically be depreciated as equipment or attachments to the property. So it's going to vary. Um, please stay tuned for an article coming out soon on this. And again, this is why people, when you own rental property, having an accountant prepare your taxes is even more important than just trying to slam it out on TurboTax because there's all these little tricks and nuances when it comes to reporting your taxes. Okay, so we're going to jump over to um, our 
next expert today, and again, a regular contributor to the show, the man, the myth, the legend. We've got Matt Sorensen out of the Phoenix office, a partner at KKOS Lawyers and author of the book, The Self-Directed IRA Handbook. Matt, welcome to the show. Hey, Mark. Always a pleasure to be on. Good to talk to you. Well, I'm glad to have you, too. This is uh, wonderful. I uh, I know that you've been on the road lately. You just spoke over the weekend in Orange County. Um, and even though you were yeah. here, we didn't get to hang out. <laughs> I was in rainy. I was in rainy Orange County, but uh, um, it was otherwise a great time. Good group. Yeah, okay. I, I, we appreciate all you do. And, folks, on the newsletter every month, there is a schedule of where live events are taking place, and that's primarily – uh, me and um, uh, um, Matt, and maybe sometimes some of our other uh, attorneys or CPAs in the office are out on the road speaking. So I know Matt's got some speaking events in the next 30 days, uh, and over every month he's speaking somewhere. So folks, check those out on the newsletter. Um, I know we have a live caller on the line. We'll hit that uh, question in a quick moment here. Before, uh, but... Uh, uh, Matt, while we've got you, do you have a, a comment uh, or strategy that you'd like to share? Absolutely. That's what I'm here for, Mark. Of course you do. <laughs> of course you do. Um, well, you know, as I like to come on here, I like to accentuate my um, newsletter articles uh, because I'm always trying to find something timely, and I think it's helpful to explain it on the radio show, but... Um, in the newsletter, I have an article on the new 60-day IRA rollover rule. So for those of you who roll over retirement plans, there is a change that went into effect in 2015. You've got to be aware of really critical rule. It's a result of a tax court case last year. So um, if you're rolling over money, changing custodians, with respect to retirement plans, you've got to make sure you're aware of this new rule change. Well, I've actually been wanting to hear you talk about this with bated breath um, because it is a uh, such an important um, topic because so many people get caught pulling money out of their IRA and then end up paying penalties and taxes unwaringly and didn't know it was going to blindside them. So uh, uh, tell us what we got to worry about. All right. So previously, before this year, and this is the IRS's guidance, you used to be able to do one 60-day rollover per IRA per year. And that was commonly accepted in the retirement plan industry. That was guidance from the IRS and publication 590. So if I had five different IRAs, I could do a 60-day rollover for each of those IRAs each year. And a 60-day rollover is one where um, rather than sending money from like Morgan Stanley to Merrill Lynch or Morgan Stanley to my self-directed IRA custodian, rather than that type of transaction, Let's say that Merrill Lynch or Fidelity sends me the money from my IRA personally, and then I have 60 days to put it back into an IRA. That's called a 60-day rollover. You get a 60-day window to receive the funds and then get it back into retirement plan. And if you do that within 60 days, it's not considered a distribution for tax purposes. So a lot of people use that over the years as when they're changing custodians of their retirement account, or sometimes they even want the personal use of the money for 60 days. That's an option that you can do is the 60-day rollover. So okay. um, now there's a change. That's the current rule. No, yeah, that's the current rule. That was the old rule. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was the 20. That was 2014 and prior. Starting January 1st of this year, though, however, you the only time you can do a 60-day rollover is once within a 12-month cycle 
and that's no matter how many IRAs you have. So um, whereas before, again, the rule was 168 rollover per IRA, now it is 160-day rollover for all IRAs, traditional, SEPs, Roths, for all your IRAs, you can only do 160-day rollover. Now, keep in mind, you can do as many what are called trustee-to-trustee transfers or direct rollovers as necessary. So, for example, if I'm going from Fidelity to my self-directed IRA custodian, as an example, I can do that as many times a year as I want because I'm not in the middle touching the money. The 60-day rollover is when the money gets sent to you and you have 60 days to get it back. So if you're always doing rollovers from custodian to custodian, you can do as many as you want. There's no restriction or change on that. And as a result, that's generally what we're going to recommend clients do when they're rolling over funds is do a direct rollover, have the existing custodian send it directly to the new custodian. You don't got to worry about whether you did another rollover within the prior 60-day window and you just get out of that uh, uh, that new rule, which is causing some issues, because if you if you violate this rule, then the money is just distributed. If you've already done one 60-day rollover in a 12-month cycle and you do another one, that second rollover you've done is just considered a distribution from your IRA and subject to whatever taxes and penalties would be due on that distribution. So when in doubt, just do a direct rollover. <laughs> Don't touch the money in the middle, and you'll be fine in terms of the rollover rules. Okay. Well, good, good. And, you know, I, I do want to throw out one of the strategies. Some of you listening may be, like, asking, well, why would you ever do a 60-day rollover? Like, what is the big deal? Well, folks, some people want to pull money out of an IRA. They've got a short-term loan or a short-term real estate deal or a short-term investment where they actually want to keep the profit themselves. They don't want the profit to go back into the IRA. So the 60-day rollover has been a, a great way to access – it's like a – 60-day free money loan from yourself, make the profit, and then move on. Um, uh, but uh, that's why people would generally use it, or it was kind of a safe harbor that, oh, I screwed up, the money came to me. So I don't know. I just wanted to throw that out too, Matt. I don't know if that helps give people kind of some perspective of why they even use it. Yeah, a lot of people would use it too. I mean, probably the most, I mean, those are reasons some of our clients used it. You know, clients out investing and getting access to their retirement plan funds for their investments. And that, those are good strategies. Um, but, you know, a lot of people also use it just, they don't know where they want to roll the money over to yet. And they want to get out of the stock market. Or they want they want to get it in their hands. And they're like, I'll figure it out in 60 days. And so, um, so that's where you want to be careful about it. But in any event, yeah, if you are doing that, as Mark suggested, where you're taking the money and have it using it for 60 days, you, again, you can use it for whatever the heck you want as long as you redeposit that same amount of funds you took out back into the IRA or to a new IRA within 60 days. It's not considered a distribution. You can do whatever the heck you want with that money in that window. If you missed it, you can keep the profits. Um, sometimes that is a fallback strategy if, uh, in certain investments for clients if we have to use it. But you right. can do it once but- per 12-month period. Well, I love it. Great comment. Again, folks, if you have anything you're dealing with when it comes to an IRA, self-directing it, rolling it over, doing your 401k administration, Matt Sorensen and the team that he's directly supervising in Phoenix does a fantastic job. So reach out to him. That's Matt, M-A-T, at K-K-O-S-Lawyers.com. Matt, thanks for being with us. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks, Mark. Always a joy. <laughs> well, enjoy. Happy New Year. Happy um, New Year. Okay. Well, let's take one minute, folks. Um, we, of course, have uh, our open forum show 
uh, once every about three weeks, and uh, we have some spillover once in a while because I want to do our best, and I'll email people back that we can't get to their or callers that we can't get to their questions. But we do have one kind of spillover question here today. We'll take it briefly, and then I want to introduce my guests for the rest of the hour. We've got a couple minutes before we hit the bottom of the hour. So um, Jack uh, has called in. He's on the line. Uh, Jack, uh, welcome to the show. Hey, Mark. How's it going? Good, good. Uh, thanks for calling in. Chicago I Chicago when you get here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'll be in Chicago. That's true. Who who doesn't want to go to Chicago in January? I just the, the balmy weather. It's beautiful. Oh, I can't wait. No way now, right? <laughs> no, it'll be awesome. I, I can't wait to get my Chicago dogs. I always gain weight when I go to Chicago. Even worse than Hawaii. The food in Chicago is so good. So. But uh, well, anyway, moving moving along here. I guess you've got some. You capitalized your business, and you're asking about repaying the funds or something. What What are your thoughts? Yeah, so I was in a startup phase for a little while. So I borrowed um, funds from um, friends and family, and now I'm starting to to um, make some income. And I wanted to repay the the debt that I that I have, and I didn't want to get double taxed on it or anything like that. So should I pay it from my business account or should I? Well, it's interesting you say double tax. Let me answer this as best I can over the phone and uh, radio, I should say. And uh, uh, we can always talk over the phone and talk more in detail. But for anybody listening here, remember if you borrow money from a family member, from a bank, or maybe you have savings and you're going to inject it into your business. If you put money in your business and you take it out to pay for expenses, the money going in, and the um, is not going to be income to you. It's just capital contributed, or it could be booked as a loan. So someone loans you money. Um, but as you make profit, so that's actual sales minus your expenses. That's what you're going to be taxed on. So I think if I if it's not oversimplifying too much, uh, the money going in or the money coming out related to that loan is going to be. Um, unrelated to your actual taxable income. It's not part of the math, if you will. So, uh, But if you're making profit and you have enough profit to pay your family back, well, you're going to pay tax on the profit. Uh, there's no way around that. You know, Income minus expenses is profit. Um, so don't think of it as double tax. When the family gave you money, it wasn't income. When you put it in the business, it wasn't income. And uh, when you pay them back, it's not an expense. But if your business makes money, You'll pay tax on that, and you can use those profits, whatever the heck you want. In fact, I would just stiff your family. That's typical in business loans. Anybody that loans money to family should know they're never going to get paid back anyway. So I don't even know why you're thinking of paying them back. What, what are you thinking? <laughs> I'm a good guy, Mark. Wait, right. <laughs> I don't even – hold it. We should have had a whole different question here. Mark, should I pay my family back or not? That's the real question. <laughs> So, well, I don't, I don't know if that helps at all, Jack. Any follow-up question on that at this point? Yeah. So, 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 like, uh, I'm pretty much like, um, the my, my escort makes money through commissions, so and it goes into my business account. So, should I? So, it sounds as if I should take the take the well, write a check to myself personally, and then pay down from my personal account. Is is that pretty much safe to say? 
Yes, uh, fair to say. Now, again, if you're paying interest to your family members, I want that interest to be a deduction. But if you're just taking the profit out and then just paying them back personally and there's no interest payment, you're just paying them back to the principal, then, yeah, it's fine to pay it out of your personal. But, uh, again, I'll say this. You know, get... What? Mark, you still there, buddy? All right. Now we're uh, sorry for that delay. I want to make sure that uh, we've got uh, a connection here. I've lost Lisa, but. Uh, I think we've got our two experts on the line now, so I want to introduce them, and we'll jump over to that. So thanks, everybody, for your patience here, um, and I'll go over the chat line, and Lisa, if there's a uh, – yep, I'm back. So uh, I think we should be good. So uh, thanks, everybody, for your patience. A little uh, studio difficulty there, and it was probably my fault more than uh, – by for, for sure more than Lisa's. Okay, so let me introduce our two guests for today. Excited to have um, – Returning guests, I should say, on our show. Uh, first, I'll introduce Randy Lubke, uh, a sponsor of our fall workshops. He traveled with me around the country. Uh, just a, a huge uh, resource to me and someone I, I just really respect and love dearly. He's a registered mortgage advisor and a life insurance agent, a real estate broker, a mortgage broker, a stockbroker, and an educator in the financial services industry for years. So he's uh, really got um, uh, uh, so much experience that I think will be very, very valuable for today's show, talking about New Year's resolutions. So without any further ado, Randy, welcome to the show. Hey, good morning, Mark. How are you today? Good, hanging in there. And thank you so much for, for being with us today. I really, really appreciate it. Well, I'm glad to be here, too. Is it too late to say Happy New Year, 13th of uh, January? Happy New Year. Hey, if we're talking <laughs> if we're talking New Year's resolution, <laughs> it better not be. So, uh, yes, Happy right. New Year. <laughs> well, um, let me get our other uh, contributor here on the show today. Uh, bring him out. We've got Rulin Olson, a certified professional business consultant and a, a man with years and years of experience helping those in the small business industry. He is the president and co-founder of Echelon Performance. I'll have a uh, performance group. I'll have him make sure I, he corrects me on the pronunciation if I blew that. He's also the CEO of Diamond Success Systems, a practice management company for healthcare professionals. And the best way for me to introduce him is to say this. Probably close to seven or eight years ago, I was overwhelmed, struggling in my business, and was looking for a business consultant to help me. And this is after years of schooling and running a small business and a law firm and accounting firm. You'd think I'd know it all, and I was drowning, and I needed some help. And having that third party come in there um, could be very, very important for a small business owner. And Rulin Olson was my hero. He came in and restructured my personal life and the business life, took us to whole new levels, and so I have a deep respect for him and his skill set. So, Rulin, thanks for finding some time and joining us here on the show today. Hey, thanks for having me. It's exciting to start out a new year with some uh, resolutions and being able to talk with people that care about making a difference. 
Yeah, yeah. And I, I appreciate both of your patience as we went through some, gosh, some important New Year tips and some deadlines and uh, Jack's call from Chicago on borrowing money from family to start a business and whether or not he should pay him back. Great question, Jack. <laughs> but um, this, this, this is uh, – there's so much to talk about. So I want to jump right into it. And I've got a few thoughts myself, but uh, our poor listeners listen to me too much already as it is. So I'm going to uh, start with Ruin here. Um, Ruin, as you're helping small business owners and you're as a business consultant – um, I know that you're always trying to hit the reset button and help clients start fresh and new. Uh, so New Year's resolutions are, I'm sure, no new topic for you. But uh, what are? I know you came prepared for two or three tips. What's one that just really jumps out to you? You know, a really good thing that I found is that so many people in general, but especially entrepreneurs, that goals have some trepidation for them because it's kind of like, if I don't hit it, I'm a failure. I'm gonna look terrible to my friends, my family, business people, that type of thing. So one of the things that I found is that really successful working with our clients is we call it getting on target. And so what happens is is that take and think about your traditional goal setting. And let's just say you happen to do 1.9 million dollars um, this year in business. And you're like, what should I set my goal for? What should I be able to do? And you're like, oh, I'd really like to do $3 million, but, you know, if I go to $2.5 million, then that's more likely to succeed and be able to do those types of things. And so what getting on target is, is if you can imagine a target that, you know, people shoot arrows into or, you know, shoot rifles at and that there's rings on that target. Think of that outside ring as your minimum goal. So something that you can stretch for to be able to go for, and let's just say it happens to be $2.5 million would be that. And that your maximum goal, the thing that you just think, you know, if I did everything right, if everything was perfect, if I got those three big clients I was trying to get, that I'd be able to do $4 million. And so $4 million would be in the bullseye. And so being on target is anywhere between $4 million, which is your bullseye, and $2.5 million, which is the outside of the target. And then you focus on being on target, doing things that will keep you on that target. Don't do anything that would only get you $2.2 million of, of business. Focus on the things that will get you that way. What happens is you feel a lot better. You're able to share that. The people you're working with, they're able to get a feeling for not pass or fail, but that they're moving towards a direction. And the thing is you can feel really good about it, and it gives you some variance. Does, how does that sound to you? Well, I love it. And, and let me bring this into perspective. I know there's some of our listeners and clients that are, doing $10 million or more in sales. And we've got other clients that are just starting a brand new small business and their, one, their goal may be to, to just keep the doors open this year and break even and in the first year of a small restaurant or they're wanting to do one or two fix and flips or get that first rental property under their belt. Uh, we have many, many clients that are W-2 company um, employees and they've got great careers and they're wanting to start that small business on the side. And I like what you – so no matter what level of income someone's at, I like one of your first goals, and I'm glad that you're bringing up this, Ruin, right off the bat, is set a sales goal. Set some sort of target that's realistic 
and stay focused on it throughout the year. And again, that could be one or two rentals, one or two fix and flips, uh, so many sales in the restaurant, so many closings as a, a, a realtor, so many home builds as a contractor, so many widgets you sell, whatever the case may be. Get that goal, break it into manageable chunks, and keep focused on it. Write it down and put it somewhere. And uh, it, 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 I don't know. I just wanted to highlight that, Rowan. Yep, and just have it. It just you've got to think of minimum and maximum instead of only one thing. If you think of minimum and maximum, it gives you that range to be so that you don't have to be afraid of going for the gusto. I love it. Well, Randy, now, guys, both of you, I want to start getting your juices flowing here, and I don't want to blindside you, so I'm going to say this here in just a moment. After we get Randy's first New Year's resolution, I'm going to set one, too. Um, I want to talk about some of the practical issues that face small business owners on why they do fail with their New Year's resolutions. Let's talk about that in a minute, some of the more psychosomatic um, practical issues that hold small business owners back. But let's keep it simple right here for a minute. Randy, what would you say uh, should be one of uh, new small business owners' resolution this year? What are some things people can consider besides the sales goal and staying on target there? What would you suggest? Uh, yeah, that's that's this is this is interesting, Mark. So, uh, you, you maybe you've heard the expression, uh, "Everyone's strength is their their greatest strength is their greatest weakness," uh, meaning the thing that they do best can also seem to get in in, in their way. And on a personal level, um, you know, one of my strengths is I have tons of energy, and another one is I see opportunities everywhere. And what that generally translates into is I have too many things I want to do, uh, and I think I can get them all done, and I think I can get them done in less time than it actually takes to do it. So with that being said, my, one of my New Year's resolutions is going to be to focus on less things. To really just try to do less things, but doing better. So focus is my. No, hold on. I need to interject there. I need to interject. Did your wife tell you to call up and give that recommendation? I'm my wife. You're speaking my language. Uh, uh, it's kind of an entrepreneur. It's one of those things. Entrepreneurs that we see opportunities all the time, and we, if you do have a lot of energy, you, you know, yeah, you, you probably have the same, the same issue. And no, your wife didn't call and ask me to make that um, my, 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 my resolution. <laughs> <Your tip. laughs> no, no, that is so true. You know, and and you know, this kind of leads into some of the problems that face entrepreneurs when they're setting up their small business New Year's resolution is that small business owners are tenacious. They're creative. They're always thinking of ideas. I know so many people on the radio show today listening or the podcast, when I say, how many of you last night were laying in bed and had a business idea? I know that there's grins. Of, it's people smiling across the country as they're listening because that's how entrepreneurs are. And, and Randy, yeah. I really like what you're saying about focusing. Yeah, it's going to be a challenge, but um, I can certainly see the benefits of doing it. Like, um, uh, well, in a, in a in a lot of different ways, and we can do it together. We can hold each other accountable for it. But how about that? Yes, there we go. And Randy and I have some projects together that we talked about this, so we're going to have to stay focused this year <laughs> and set those goals. Um, well, of course, I'm going to just get out a quick tip here, too. And, uh, it, it, and I alluded to this at the beginning of the show. So for those that have joined us, you, this will sound fresh and uh, exciting. And that is to be a better business owner, to track your sales targets, to be more focused. 
I hate to say this, but one of your New Year's resolutions, folks, if you're not already dialed in on this, and that's getting your books in order. Trying to, this is one of the most common small business owner New Year's resolutions is I'm going to do better at my bookkeeping. I'm going to get my QuickBooks dialed in. And I need to get a, a part-time bookkeeper to come by for just a couple hours a week and help me. Stay focused on that, folks, and don't give up. Even if you're implementing it in February or March, it's better than trying to do it in October or November. So as your accountant on the line, uh, and we've got a variety of skill sets of, uh, uh, here uh, on our little panel today, I'm going to just add that little contribution of getting your books in order. It will make you a better business owner. You'll save taxes and it will help with all your other goals so that you can see more clearly what's going on in your business. Um, Ruin, jumping back to you for a moment, as a business consultant, you've helped me for so many years, and your insights have been so valuable. Why do small business owners have such a hard time changing and, 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 um, and, and accomplishing some of their goals or New Year's resolutions? Uh, what, do you have any, like, I guess – habits or goals yeah. that people can do just as a personality skill set? Well, I think one of the things that's key is that what you were just mentioning is people with entrepreneurial spirit generally are so excited about life and business opportunities, they jump into these different things. And, you know, um, there's that movie where, you know, they have the little headset on the dog and he keeps saying, squirrel, 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 you know, looking at different things, he keeps getting distracted and that I found that if you can choose to focus on three to five things, no more than five, generally no less than three, to be able to have success in your business, that that way those can be your top five, those things that you're going to go after, those top three things, and you're able to put your energy and your focus towards them and actually get over the humps instead of seeing obstacles um, in the way because you have 25 things that you're trying to do the other thing that really helps being able to do that and have that energy is you teased this earlier about did your wife ask you know him to be able to, to mention that, but it's having that balance of life and picking also the three to five things at home that may be your biggest challenges that are that are sucking your energy, not being able to that put all the focus when you're at work or doing those things to be able to do it, you know. But that's a huge thing that I found. And so if you can focus on saying, let's get three to five things I'm going to work on my business and three to five things I can clear up at home in my personal life, that will give you extra energy to be able to accomplish those things. And you'll feel better. You'll be able to focus more. Well, you know what? I I think this is so oh my gosh, and I've got two or three thoughts and I, I'm going to hold off on the, the latter two for a moment. But I didn't expect this to come up and I'm almost getting a little emotional and I'm not being facetious here. Um, Ruin makes an important point, folks, that if you want to succeed in your business, you've got to have your family buy in to what you're trying to accomplish or else you're setting yourself up for failure. And I, and I know that you just, that you just kind of threw that in at the, as part of that three to five list is getting your family uh, involved. But I want to just say this. It was, that, again, eight years ago or so um, when Rulin was doing a business consult with me and saying, Mark, what can we do to help your business? He said, I want to meet with your wife. We're going to go to lunch. And I was like, what? Mm. What? Mm. And we went mm. to lunch and I said, honey, this new business consultant wants to meet with both of us. And, I, and she's like, really? 
I get to say what I think? And, oh, my gosh, she was so excited. And we went to lunch, and it was transformative. It helped so much to make sure that my spouse knew what my goals were in the, in the business. And I know some of you work with your spouse, so it's, they're clearly involved. But I know others of you, that's not the case. So I, I like what you're saying about having your family help buy in to what your New Year's goals are for your business. Wonderful, wonderful point. Um, Randy, gosh, um, again, with your years of experience consulting business owners, why do, why do business owners fail at, at making changes in their business? What, what comes to your mind in, in, as some of the big hurdles they face? No, um, distractions and disruptions is certainly uh, key. Uh, you know, you you start out your day with a plan, uh, uh, and you have this. You know, this is what I'm going to get done today, and then within you know 30 minutes or an, or an hour, a few phone calls and <clears throat> a couple of clients, and the next thing you know, you're you're back to fighting dragons instead of uh, you know building building buildings like you intended to do. I think that's that's a yep. big thing. And Randy, can I, I'm going to put you on the spot. I I know you didn't oh. expect this, maybe, but I, if is that okay? I would like you to talk about this. Just came to me too. Um, this was literally not on a post-it here. But one of the things that you have really, really impacted me in my life with, and as I watched you present at five different locations with me as we traveled around the country this fall, one of the things that you talked about was having an emergency fund and having mm-hmm. some sort of cash set aside that when the storm clouds come in your personal life and business life, you have something to fall back on so you don't make rash, irra- irrational or urgent decisions uh, out of fear. Um, can you talk about how that emergency fund might help business owners stay on focus? I, I'm sure you could just go off on this. I've heard you talk about it. But would you mind talking about that for me? Yeah, yeah, and that's okay. I mean, you know, in true con- in, in the in the uh, what the context of true confessions, I I have to say that most of the terrible decisions I've made in my life were were made out of out of fear, uh, uh, made <clears throat> made uh, uh, out of concern as opposed to you know being bold and, and doing the right thing, and uh, most of the good decisions, conversely, of course, are the ones where where I was prepared and, and had the ability to do that, and so that's why I get about this idea of cash reserves because. If if you're uh, if you don't have these liquid cash reserves, then you tend to make decisions that, again that are defensive and and maybe not the the worst the best things and could be actually the worst decisions for you. If you do have sufficient cash reserves, then not only are you going to be making better, smarter decisions, but I, I like I say in the presentation, I think opportunities present themselves because you have the the ability to act on it with uh, you know, with the cash in hand. Yeah, and you know, if, if I could add, I, Ruin, you may have a thought here too, because I know you talked about the same thing. Is, 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 but I know some of you listening are going to be saying to yourself, Mark, come on, I'm trying to expand my business. Every dime I've got is going into the business. That may not be the best decision. Keep a little bit of a reserve. Don't grow so fast. Set aside a little bit of money, so that because you, you're going to have ups and downs in your business, folks. It is, it's crazy when I see these clients that are making tons of money and they think it's never going to stop. It does. Um, ruin. You know, Mark, I was just going to say that Randy's exactly right with that, is that um, in order to make bold decisions, you have to have a solid foundation. And so whether that foundation for you might be a 30-day cash flow to be able to operate your business and your family, it might be a 90-day. But once you hit that level, 
you can act with boldness because you know your bases are covered and you can make wise decisions. You don't make desperate decisions. You make decisions because you know I have the funds to put this forward and you're not making these Hail Mary passes to try to be able to, you know, save your business with one giant home run instead of a bunch of base hits that you can move forward with and, and build it that way. Um, I was going to say, though, that one thing um, that I think is really important for entrepreneurs, and this is um, no way of sucking up to the host, but um, <laughs> it's, really impo- it's really important to be nutritious. And I have to say, as an entrepreneur, you're one of the most nutritious people that I know. I mean, you've got your YouTube channel, your blog, your newsletters. You've written two books. I mean, you're doing all of these things. When people talk to you or look you up or are in conversation with you, there's always new that you can tell them, teach them, or share with them or they can ask you a question and you have information because you're constantly studying, looking for those things. And I think that that's a key thing for other entrepreneurs to learn from you and to be able to make that one of their resolutions is be nutritious, read, study, do those types of things because that's that's what's going to make you valuable to people and make people remember you. Oh, I love it. Great. Good. Thank you for that compliment and great comment. I... um. Uh, our time is getting biased. I'm going to throw out one last tip of my own, and then I want you guys to uh, maybe please give us another uh, final tip and your contact information too so that people can get support from you. I've referred both of these gentlemen around the country to clients. Um, uh, There was recently a client in Hawaii that needed some business consultant, just basic how do I get things done services and uh, and I said, you've got to talk to Ruin. And then, of course, folks that are trying to build a financial reserve and, and get loans and, and build their wealth, uh, Randy has been a huge resource for my clients, again, around the country. Both of these gentlemen are huge heroes of mine. So one last tip of my own, and I'll be very brief. I just want to throw this out and not take away time from our excellent guests here, is everybody, if you don't have one already, go down to Staples, Office Max, Office Depot, whatever it is, and buy a moleskin little uh, book. These are those little leather-bound notebooks that are by the register. Um, there's little displays all over the staple stores and the office supply stores. Get a little moleskin. Inside of it, on the first page, write down those three to five goals for the year, your targets for success, what are you going to do, share it with your family, and carry it with you everywhere you go. I am literally, as we speak, no lie, looking across my keyboard and right on the other side of my keyboard here in front of my computer is my strategic plan, little black notebook, moleskin. And I carry it with me everywhere I go. It's in my bag. It's, in the pla- it's on my planes. It rides. It's in my bed. And I look at it regularly and meet with your family, meet with your partners, and talk about those goals throughout the year. Write them down or it's not going to happen. Um, Randy, please, uh, some final suggestions, comments, and uh, how people can get a hold of you as well. No, okay. So um, just, you know, my my final comment is uh, in in terms of New Year's resolutions is going to be to to act on and implement things, even if it's little tiny baby steps, because I don't want to find myself or, or my clients for that matter getting caught in that analysis paralysis trap 
uh, and, you know, getting ready to get started to get going someday kind of thing. So even doing mm-hmm. the smallest step today to get that, that, that project moving forward, um, you know, that's going to be part, part, of, part of my mantra, act and implement. Oh, I love it, Randy. Excellent point. I love that you just said uh, analysis paralysis. We can, we just got to get doing those little things immediately. I love it. Um, again, I'm putting you on the spot, but I want, I, and folks, you can always get a, get Randy's contact information or Ruland for that matter by contacting you. But Randy, please share with us your, your website, your email or your phone, whatever you prefer. All right. So uh website is uh lifetime paradigm.com. So L I F E T I M E P A R A D I G M.com. And the email is Randy at lifetime paradigm.com. And uh, the phone number is 800-810-1736, 800-810-1736. So there's three, three ways to reach out to me. My website's loaded with tons of educational information and, and material, so you know, please check it out. Even if you don't want to contact me, you'll probably get some, some good ideas and information from the website. Well, Randy, again, um, uh, one, of, again one of my greatest resources for, for lending, for loans, for mortgage brokers, finding real estate, 1031 exchanges, and financial planning. Uh, thank you so much. Um, Ruin, final thoughts, final suggestions. What, yeah. what do you want to leave us with here? A little bit of wisdom. Well, what, I don't, what I want to leave you with is I want to leave you with this three little quick things is, one, schedule everything. Don't make to-do lists. To-do lists that keep moving on and on, so schedule everything. Put it in your calendar, make an appointment to be able to get it done and give it time. Number two, write down your top five and your top 25 that would make your world a whole new place if you got them and the 25 that could keep your business going if you had those. Get those and keep score working on them. And finally, don't forget to write handwritten notes and letters to the people that you care about or the people that you work with or for because Studies have shown now that those handwritten notes carry as much weight as 100 emails that they would receive, even if those emails are of personal nature. And finally, is if they want to get a hold of me, they can go to echelon, E-C-H-E-L-O-N, performancegroup.com. And on the website, I've got a link to some tremendous like books that they can click on. And get, they can sign up for our complimentary weekly inspiration um, little newsletter, help them with their personal life and their business. And also on there is because of them listening to the show, they can receive a complimentary consultation to see if we can help them do anything um, in improving their business. So that would be the best way to get a hold of us. And my phone number is 435 331 Oh, repeat that phone number one more time. 435-668-0331. Well, I, I thank you so much, guys. This has been phenomenal. And I like how you scheduled schedule an appointment with yourself. <laughs> uh, folks, Randy Lucky and, or sorry, Randy, Randy Lucky and Ruben Olson, thanks for joining me today. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you. Thank you, you Mark. Folks, everybody, we'll set those goals, and we'll see you next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time with the Mark Kohler Show. Happy New Year.